Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by just two of the boys today, Matt and Thacker. Thought off saying Kyle's name there because I'm not used to him not being on the episode. This is weird. Anyways, uh, we decided after doing our top five favorite Call of Duties uh, to coincide with the Modern Warfare 2 release, we felt like it'd be a good idea with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet coming out, some Pokemans, we, we felt like it would be fun for Thacker, Matt, and I to do our top five favorite Pokemon games. So it's similar to the Call of Duty episode, all Pokemon titles, period, so not just like your main lines like Sword and Shield, those are not the only ones on this list. You could have Pokemon Snap on this list, Stadium. Spoiler alert, Stadium is not going to be on my list, so if you want to click away from the episode, now's the time. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly, there's going to be a lot of people that boo because of that. Um, but we are going to go through our top five favorite Pokemon games. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Matt, what is your what is at your fifth spot? Okay, so... This is actually a really difficult list. When you the fifth spot, Loki, the fifth spot, Loki is the hardest part. Yeah, it's the mostly for the fact when you factor in the fact that we are also adding a lot of the spinoff titles, not yeah. just the mainline series, and there's a lot of those. So just because of a personal place in my heart, from when in my childhood, like I, I practically like, like sweat blood and tears for you know saving up for an sixty four. Uh, po- the original Pokemon Stadium. Being a kid, growing up in the in the '90s, once you got to that Pokemon craze, and you know you're just watching um, Kids WB yeah. like, every Saturday morning, and they show the very first commercial for Pokemon. And it's just this giant football stadium, and you're like, "What's what's going on here?" And then you know they just show a bunch of these 3D animated Pokemon like piling up in the stadium, and it was just amazing. And then it just shows off some of the gameplay. Um, and it's not just that like they they added so much what the uh one of the coolest things that they did was um if you had the cartridge that went onto the that snapped onto the back of the n64 controller you could actually play red blue or yellow on your tv this was not this was not able to be done before yeah plus i mean you could you could get mew if you um went through the elite four and all that on the uh basically i want to call it like the story mode for pokemon stadium and it was a great way to get Pokemon Pokemon into your games. Plus, the mini games, countless hours of fun with friends, like coming over, who came over just because they wanted to play these mini games, like Clefairy says, um, Lickitung Sushi Bar. Just so many great mini games, and just being able to choose any of the hundred and fifty Pokemon that were available on the roster, ah. like you could just choose any of them so i have a question that, for you matt do, do you think that stadium would ever get like remade for the switch kind of like how I new actually, pokemon snap did i actually would love to see a new iteration of pokemon stadium that uh uses pokemon home um yeah that'd be interesting. Pokemon, pokemon battle revolution on the wii uh allowed you to use your box pokemon from ruby and sapphire uh so I think that, or actually Diamond and Pearl, because Pokemon Revolution was around the fortune. So I think that they could integrate Pokemon Home and allow you to use your box Pokemon in a in a new way if they were to revive Pokemon Stadium. So I would love to make that see that, uh, make a comeback. Honestly, Matt, like Pokemon Stadium almost made my list. It. Um... It oh, so we're pissing spot. off people with two lists. Sorry, I bet. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Pokemon Stadium was at number six for me. Pokemon Stadium 2 was at number seven. Um, and it was for the mini games, but the one thing that beat them was Clefairy Says. I was five years old. Clefairy, I cannot follow every single dash that you give me. Um, stop it. Um, <laughs> I was five. Um, but my number five spot goes to a game that I played religiously. Um, even when it went mobile, I played it even more. And it, that would be Pokemon Shuffle. Okay. I don't think um, I've actually heard just, of this. Pokemon so Pokemon Shuffle was a game where it take uh, take one of the first big mobile games, right? Being Bejeweled. Um, it followed that, but with Pokemon. Okay. And it was one of those that I absolutely loved playing it. Uh, it was one that seeing my mom played Bejeweled all the time. And there being a Pokemon version of it, I, I absolutely loved playing it. It was something that I could bond over with my mom and everything. And even she helped me play it as well. Um, catching Pokemon on it was a little different than any other Pokemon game. Um, because it would determine how many moves you had left, depending on how your catch rate was. So okay. it was definitely an interesting process, and I loved it to death. And it it holds a special spot in my heart, just like any Pokemon game. But it's definitely one that did not make higher on my list for obvious reasons. Being it was, it felt very repetitive. Yeah, I feel like that's a, a criticism you could give any Pokemon game. To be honest, is that eh, it kind of feels repetitive, and that's fair. Uh, my number five spot is actually, and I'm just checking, I, I, I believe what I'm about to say is correct, is the newest Pokemon game that we've seen, and that was, and you're, people are going to be surprised when they remember, think back to our review when I was kind of hard on this game. Honestly, for me, it was Pokemon Legends Arceus. And the reason why I picked Pokemon Legends for this is primarily because of all the new things I feel like they tried to do in that game. Evolving Pokemon was done differently. You could choose at a certain level when you wanted them to evolve. You could give your Pokemon moves, you know, without having to just get lucky or level them up to a certain amount and then, you know, choose a move to get rid of. Instead, you know, you could teach your Pokemon moves as they got better and you could teach them pretty much whenever you wanted them to. The catching was different. It wasn't a complete open world. It was more of it had open zones and in those zones were kind of the same kind of Pokemon all around. But I, I really feel like Pokemon Legends Arceus tried so many things that were new and that were uncomfortable for the franchise that even if there were issues, and there, and there were, I would still say that the game's probably an 8 out of 10 at best, and it's probably closer to a 7 than it is an 8. I think that, I think that just the fact that they tried as much new as they did, as much of it worked as it did, the story was solid, I think that there was a lot of good in Arceus, and it's a great first draft for whenever they choose to do their next Pokemon Legends game. Something interesting to add to that, Rusty, um, they actually did a poll to see what game they would want to do next for something like that, and it ended up being uh, one based around like Gen 2 for Legend Celebi. Okay, yeah, I think that we've talked about this already. I would love it if they did that. Yeah, that would be awesome. They could I would love it. GS ball. They could finally do something with the GS ball that was exclusive to an event um, for Japan Gold and Silver. 
Yeah, I think if if that's like if that's the follow up we get to this game is one that's done around Celebi. Uh, I think that that would instantly. I feel like there's no way it's not better than Arceus. I feel like knowing what worked and what didn't, and kind of having an idea of okay, here's what we can do next time that worked. Here's what we need to improve on. I, I think that you know there's no way a sequel isn't better than Pokemon Legends Arceus. But I do think it's the fifth best Pokemon game of all time, in my opinion. So, Matt, number four, please. And I'm going to go ahead and give you a little spoiler. This is the spot that's going to piss everybody off for me. I was honestly thinking about putting a mainline entry as number four because there's so many different generations. I mean, we are literally fixing to enter Generation 9. Funny, The funny thing about what you just said is the next four on my list are all mainline games. <laughs> So, I do have one other uh, non-mainline Pokemon game that's on my list, and I kind of hope that maybe that a lot of people actually did play this. It was a DS game called Pokemon Ranger. Um, I spent countless hours on this game where you take the role... Uh, it introduced a whole entire new concept to catching Pokemon, where they introduced the Rangers. Um, and the popularity of the Rangers exceeded like to go into the movies, it went to the anime... Um, like TV show. So what was awesome about it is as a ranger, like you use your stylus so when you counter a Pokemon and you're supposed to circle it amount of times and trying to make it to where a uh, the Pokemon you're trying to catch doesn't, like they'll be using attacks, they'll be using all kinds of different things to break your chain. And obviously if they hit the line around that you're circling around them, you do have a health bar for your, uh, your, your chain. So, but... A lot of the encounters that they put in this game were just so were so much fun, and I know they made like two other sequels, which unfortunately I never got to play those. I would love to, but unfortunately, Pokemon games on the DS are super expensive, regardless yeah. of mainline games or if they're spinoffs. And I put countless hours on Pokemon Ranger. Like I caught just about every single Pokemon. I filled the Pokedex up that was available in the game, all the way up to the legendaries when you captured the uh, the legendary beasts, uh, Mew and Celebi. Um, it was just an interesting concept, and I—it's a shame because the DS is no longer the the main concept for you know handheld. So we're not gonna we're not gonna see that kind of feature again. So just just the memories alone have that in my in my top five. And honestly, <laughs> the worst part about it is if you had gamer rage. Um, you you uh, you really messed up your DS screen here. Like I I had so many. <laughs> on my base ds like i eventually upgraded to the ds light and i told myself i'm not gonna play pokemon rangers on this thing um that's funny yeah yeah so um if you never got to play it i, w- I would advise if you have a ds and you just so happen to have a couple hundred dollars to buy the original game <laughs> then i would highly recommend it yeah honestly it it's really interesting how they did ranger and i i wish i had played more of it but as you said matt they're so hard to find nowadays um but one that hit for me and this was a recent game that i played more so than anything else um the reason i didn't play this when it first came out was i just didn't have the system at the time and when I got the system and went through finding games that I wanted to play or relive memories, it took a while to find this because it was so hard to find. And that would have to be Pokemon Gale of Darkness. 
Okay. Um, it, it, it came out for the GameCube, right? It was one that was, for me, really hard to find. I wanted to try it out because I found so many amazing things with it. Um, the, introduction, the introduction of Shadow Pokemon, especially with, at the time, being Lugia, one of my favorites, um, when it came out. And I just, I wanted to play it, never got a chance to. When I got my GameCube, it was a game that I went hunting for. Finally found one, not for a pretty price, I might add, uh, but I did finally get one. The game brought something different. The pure, the your purifying chambers to actually help turn these shadow Pokemon back to normal was a different concept that we hadn't seen before, and I loved it. I'd probably put a good like 50, 60 hours into it, just playing as much as I could when I first got it. And being older and playing that, I wish I had been able to play that more back when it came out versus now as I'm older. I feel that. I think that my number four is going to piss a lot of people off because this is a game that I think a lot of people say when you look at the mainline franchise. This is probably one that people have in their top three, maybe even at their number one spot. Uh, and it's very specific because I think that it's it's the point five version of the game. So like you know you have like your platinums, your emeralds, so that it's that version of this generation's games. Because I don't think that the other games in this generation hold up, at least the originals, and I don't think that the the generation before this one holds up that much today. And that is why Pokemon Crystal is my number four. And it's just Pokemon Crystal. Not gold and silver and crystal. Just crystal. And a lot of it is because I love Suicune as a legendary. I think Suicune is one of the coolest designed Pokemon. Most well designed Pokemon of all time. But realistically, and this is a hot take I've said that I've for I've had for a while now. Is I don't think the original Pokemon games. Like the Game Boy Colors or the Game Boy games. I don't think they hold up nearly as well today. As the price point that you have to buy them at suggests. I mean, Crystal, you're talking about you want to get a cartridge for Crystal that's in good condition. You are paying a couple hundred dollars in all likelihood. You're paying a lot of money for... a. Really, I think that Crystal is an excellent game. And I think that the original games had their time. And they, they were great for the time. They were classics for that era. But I think when people say that, oh, Pokemon Yellow or Pokemon uh, Gold or, you know, I think when they say those are my favorites and they're not talking about Let's Go and they're not talking about, you know, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, I feel like that's nostalgia talking, which is why Crystal is below three other mainline uh, games, in my opinion. They're like, I, there are going to be people that would, like, when y'all hear my number two, that are going to be like, how in the world do you put that shit above Crystal? <laughs> but I can explain it much better. I'll be able to explain it much better when we get to. I do think Crystal is an excellent Pokemon game. And I would love to play it again, you know, in today's day and time. Two problems. Don't have a Game Boy. Don't have the expendable income to go buy a Game Boy and Pokemon Crystal. Game so that, can use. <laughs> that will not be happening anytime soon. Uh, so with that being said, let's go on to three. Matt, what is your third favorite Pokemon game of all time? 
so now we're finally entering the mainline series. Yeah, um, I think the rest of these are. I think like the top three are probably. I think all of us are going to say similar games. Yeah, um, I think so except for Thacker, who's probably going to put fucking gold at one, but we'll find <laughs> out. If only you knew. So yeah, number three is actually for me is actually Legends Arceus. Okay, um, I like that you put that I, at three. I say this because of the fact that it is technically considered a mainline game, and it is it's it's not so much the evolution pun intended. <laughs> It's not so much the evolution that I want to see the franchise. Like, I think Scarlet and Violet, like, one of my favorite things about um, Arceus is the fact that Scarlet and Violet and Arceus were actually being developed roughly around the same time. Um, I heard stories from developers where they said that they would take ideas from each other, um, which you can definitely see that with Scarlet and Violet. And, like, I know technically Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee introduced the Pokemon popping up in the overworld. Yes. But... One thing I, I did really enjoy seeing with Arceus is just, like, the different Pokemons and the different environments that they set up in this game. Um, plus, they, they gave some Pokemon who definitely needed some evolution, some love here. Like, when we got Ursaluna for Ursaring, when we got um, we got Quillfish finally getting some love as well. Like, some Gen 2 love here, which is also, uh, I you know, in Scarlet and Violet's also getting some Gen 2 love as well. So... I, I kind of think that maybe that Game Freak is starting to finally get, like, out of the, the Gen 1, uh, like, hype, like, love that, you know, they, they are so obsessed with. But, I mean, it harks back to the very beginning. Um, plus, I think that the story was actually really well done. Um, I, I like the fact that we got to see a lot of ancestors from characters in Diamond and Pearl. I think, like, even the uh, the Team Galactic uh, person, I can't remember, is, like, a uh, ancestor of Cyrus, who is the leader of Team Galactic in Diamond and Pearl. Yep. Um, and it's Silene. I, I think the name of the character is Silene in Legends Arceus. Most Arceus. likely, yeah, because it was a play on the the name, the original names, yeah. Um, I, I thought that the introduction of having the trainer being able to be hit by attacks was really cool as well. That is uh, something that's never been talked about in me. Like, think about the first episode of the Pokemon anime, right. dude. Like, right. Ash gets his ass whipped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's never been done before. Them sparrows did not fuck around. <laughs> oh, God. Like, we keep saying that's a trash Pokemon. I don't know. They were whipping some ass in episode one. They, they looked at Ash and was like, you stepped in the wrong neighborhood today. Like, they said, they said, they said, you the star of the show? Uh-uh. Like, I swear to God they um, did. They're the ones who put them in a coma. <laughs> oh no, not that fan theory that Rudolph was Charlotte's bro. But um, I also thought the fact that like they introduced kind of like a boss fight with some of these Pokemon, yes, was a really cool was a really cool thing that they did there. I mean, I, unfortunately, I don't think that this is something that's going to be in any other games outside of if they continue the Legends um, way of games. So that's why I do hope that they continue that because there was a lot of cool like ideas and concepts there. Plus, like even after you beat the main game, there's still a lot more to do. Like, there's a lot of side content, um, like to do. I need um, to go back and play more of the side stuff. I think his name is Volo. Something like um, that. Basically, are you talking about uh, Cynthia's? Yeah, Cynthia's ancestor. Yeah, it's Volo. Yes. Um, he has a side story, and that's how you end up fighting Giratina and catching Giratina in this game as well. Which, um, like I said, a lot of a lot of the side content, like once you beat the side story, and I mean, it, 
and the main story is not shy. Like, there's a lot of side quests here. I think I had roughly over 100 or so plus uh, that, that I was sitting on uh, by the time that I finished. And um, I'll, I'll say this as another thing for shiny hunters, just being able to see a shiny Pokemon in the wild and not have to just randomly encounter Pokemon until you run into a shiny was actually a really cool thing, which I'm so happy Scarlet and Violet are, uh, are bringing over as well. Um, but overall... I just this this is the future that I want to see, um, that the, the franchise take, which is why I'm so excited for uh, Scarlet and Violet next week. Well, uh, I don't really have anything else to say on my number three because Matt just kind of <laughs> took everything from me there. <laughs> There's more. There's more there. I didn't say everything. No, my number three is Legends Arceus as well. <laughs> uh, it was just an interesting concept to have the open world esque style. To a Pokemon game where with me being a huge shiny hunter, being able to see them in the open world, it was amazing. Uh, I really enjoyed the fact, I think my first non-event, and I'm talking about the Ponyta, shiny was Sphinx. Like Sphinx was my first one. I ended up catching two of those before I found my third one being uh, Snorlax. So it, it was one of those where I absolutely loved Arceus and it made my third list third on the list because it was it was a great game to have. It played phenomenally. Um other than of course the water. Yeah, the water was pretty bad, not gonna lie there. Oh my We're not we're not gonna go back to <laughs> the water. Uh <laughs> but it, it brought in not just like these boss battles that you usually have for gyms and everything, but it brought in alphas. And I think that was an amazing concept to actually have this oversized, overbearing Pokemon yes. be its own little mini boss. And it it just it brought something new. I loved seeing new I love seeing Pokemon get new evolutions. Like personal favorite was Cleavor. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I loved Cleavor. Yes. Like that seeing that thing, even in the trailers, I was like, what is this? And then getting to go against it, I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. Getting the different types for Pokemon we already had, like Hisuian Form, Rowlet, um, Cyndaquil, and... Oh, I'm blanking. Uh, Oshawott. Yes. Like, getting new typing for them, even, even as old of a Pokemon as Electrode. Like Voltorb and Electrode, having them as a grass type. Oh yeah, that's cool. That was interesting. I loved it so much. I would love to see them continue with the Legends game. I agree a hundred percent. I think that again, there's a lot of there's a lot that they can build on going into a second Legends game. So hopefully we see that. Uh, my number third. My number third game. My number third. My number three game. English is hard. Uh, Matt, you're gonna get journalism close enough. You're gonna get a little bit of vindication here, Matt, because this is a game that you loved. I know you're a big fan of this game. In fact, I'm not gonna be surprised if this game is in your top two at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I'm going to include the originals and the recent remakes on Switch because I don't think they changed all that much up. But my number three spot is going to be Diamond and Pearl. And I will say I am really glad that I got the uh, 
the opportunity to finally play Diamond and Pearl, even if it wasn't the original versions. And everything that you said about that game, Matt, uh, was 100% true. It's a lot harder than normal Pokemon games. The Elite Four fucking cheats their asses off. I I don't remember getting this angry at an Elite Four in a long time. Because if you look at like the Pokemon they have, the moves they know, and the items they're holding, you're like, there is no way that makes any sense. Why is a Heracross holding a fucking Fire Orb? <laughs> why is a bug type holding a fire orb and why is he one-shotting half of my team like but other than that i i, I really say I, I grew to appreciate this generation of pokemon this is where i jumped off hint hint and what's you know coming in my top two uh this was the generation where i like kind of hopped off the bandwagon and i didn't come back until sword and shield but I will say I see why people love these games now. I wish I could play the originals and really see like what it was people loved about those. But Brilliant, Di- Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were uh, were both excellent Pokemon games, and it's kind of funny how many Pokemon games are going to be available on the Switch. You know, we're recording this a week or so before Scarlet and Violet come out. It's kind of dumb when you think about how many Pokemon games are now on the Switch. Uh, yeah. Diamond and Pearl, in my opinion, are, are, are two of the best that you could play on the Nintendo Switch. So, number two, Matt, what is it? So, number two is actually going to be a, another mainline game. Um, so, this one is Pokemon Black and White. Okay. Um, one of the things that really sticks with me when it comes to Black and White is the fact that Black and White was seen as a, a type of reboot for Pokemon. Um it actually introduced a really good story. Like the first time a Pokemon game had a actually heartfelt deep story with characters like N um, and uh, team plasma was actually a great uh, team that did not, that did not screw around like team rocket did. Yeah. Uh, generations. And um, the, the, the fact that the Pokemon things that you encounter throughout the main story all the way up to, you know, you get your gym badges, all of them is the fact that not a single original gen or previous generation Pokemon shows up. Everything is entirely new. This was also the last time that we had a, a completely brand new Pokedex that introduced over 150 new Pokemon. Yeah. And a lot of the designs from generation five stick out. Crocodile is one of my favorites. Volcarona, uh, Zeb Strika, when we finally got a zebra, and the starters weren't all that bad either. I liked Snidey. I thought Oshawott was great. And I really did like Tepig. Um, I think that the Final Evolutions were really good designs. Like um, Superior, I thought was a, a fantastic design. Um, and I, I was still a little like, oh, great, another f- uh, fire fighting type. Because yep. we literally <laughs> three generations of fire fighting uh, Final Evos for the starters. Um, and then it also introduced. Uh, rotation battles and three-way battles where you uh in rotation battles which introduced an entirely new way to battle where you rotated your pokemon so basically if your opponent thought they had the upper hand on you and they were fixing to use an attack that was super effective against the pokemon that you had out in the forefront you could rotate them around to a pokemon that could be resistant and it just added an entirely new like thing to it plus it also had a um a new feature where you could connect online and there was this thing called the Dream World, and it was just all—it was just a lot of fun to mess around with. And, and they actually finally started taking the online seriously with this game. Like I was easily able to do battles and trade with my friends. Yeah. Um, 
online or in person. And um, one thing that really sticks out with me is the fact that, like, in most Pokemon games, you have your main story where you collect all the gym badges and then you get to the Elite Four. You do the same, pretty much the same in this game, but it's like when you reach the Elite Four, you're not even battling the final Elite Four member because Team Plasma has taken over and you're fighting the character that's called N. And Zekrom and Reshiram are... It was it was a very epic fight, and then it's like you beat in, and then you end up fighting the true master, the true member of Team Plasma, who gets is, and he was a pain. Um, <laughs> and this is actually a really interesting uh, reference to Black and White. The layout is so Unova is based off of the U.S. Yes, um, there is an area that is very close. That's um, that's basically New York City, um, and. Uh, I, I this is kind of a touchy thing, but what was kind of cool is it kind of felt that developers actually added a type of ground zero type area where there was like construction going on, but it was just a really sad area to be in, and I thought that was a really cool little nod um, to to that horrible tragic event that happened. But black and white, it, on top of that, it's the first Pokemon games to get true sequels, black and white too. Yeah. Um, so. It is just it's something just based off of the Pokemon that we got, the story itself, and even they they upgraded the graphics from Diamond and Pearl, and um, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. So it was just such a memorable game for me. I feel that. So before I give my number two, I have a question that I'd like to impose for on you two real quick. Okay. Do you feel like sequels to Pokemon games are a bonus like it adds more and is a positive thing or do you feel like it kind of a hindrance like why wasn't it added in the beginning i mean if they add a lot of new content then i have no problem with there being sequels i don't inherently have a problem with sequels to be sequels to begin with i will say for pokemon games it's weird to think of a pokemon game getting a sequel which is why black 2 and white 2 are are really they're weird for me to think about because you know I'll ask you, Matt, because I never I never played them. Did you have to play the first ones to understand the second ones? There was a lot of story elements that were added to Black Two and White Two that you definitely did have to play the first one because there was a character who was um, your your trainer's like one of his childhood friends. Okay. Who he became he became a gym leader in, in Black Two and White Two. Some of the gym leaders did change, and there was more story around the third legendary. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Kiram? I thought yeah, Kiram. Yeah. So you, yeah, I would say that you did need to play black, um, black and white, especially because it also goes more into a lot of ends character development as well. Okay. Uh, it, it was just a question with you mentioning black and white and it being the first ones to get a sequel. I, I wanted to see what y'all's opinions on that were. Yeah. Um, but no, my number two, it, it's probably the last non-mainline game in my list and it's something that again did something totally different that no other pokemon game has done and that would be pokemon mystery dungeon okay i the the uh, the chance to actually play a pokemon game and not have humans interaction at all and seeing it more so from a Pokemon's point of view, seeing going on these rescue missions, going on these uh, 
like fetch quests and that kind of stuff from a Pokemon's point of view was a lot different. Yes, I should I agree. say from any other Pokemon game we've ever got. And it was one that I enjoyed playing so much. Uh, when I ended up getting it, I played the ever-living daylights out of it to the point when my brother was old enough to start gaming. I saved my allowance up and ended up getting him a copy as well. Oh, wow. So I could sit there and game that with him. Um, and of course, me and him being the brothers we are, we fought over the game trying to like take each other's just so we had a different gameplay on it. And of course, we were also trying to ruin each other's uh, gameplay, but that's nevertheless. Um, yeah. But no, it was it was one of those that I enjoyed the game so much. I loved being able to do these missions, do these rescues at, from a Pokemon's point of view and seeing it more so from that, even though the game starts off as you're a human trainer who got trapped into the mind of a Pokemon and it'll all just be kind of a dream kind of thing. Like, it was so interesting. Every Pokemon could communicate with each other just like any other person. And it was totally, totally different. I loved it. Yeah. And that's, that's why. No, I can see why you would love that game. I got to play that on the Switch, and I like or the version that came to the Switch, and I really enjoyed it. Or at least I enjoyed what I played of it. Uh, didn't when it came quite... to the Switch, I, I picked it up instantly. Yeah, like I, I thought, it was, I thought it was a very fun game. I do think is is a little overpriced, but I mean that's just first party Nintendo games for you. Uh, yeah. My second overall, and this is where, this is the one you remember about about probably twenty five minutes ago when I told you you were going to be mad at this list. Oh, get no. ready to get mad. My number two, and in my opinion, the best, the best modern Pokemon game that exists, and I will fight anybody on this hill is 100% Pokemon Sword and Shield. And it Rusty, is... when you're in town, we're fighting. It is, it, it is not fucking close, in my opinion. I think that Sword and Shield are... And listen, I'm aware that there are issues. There's performance problems, because I know that the textures aren't great. Hate to break it to any of you Nintendo fanboys out there. Look at look at Breath of the Wild. Those textures don't look great either. Um, but... <laughs> but but the only real negative I have about that game is your rival, is Hop. He is literally the only negative, in my opinion. Because, to be quite honest, your rival is supposed to be the one that pushes you the most in the game, outside of the Elite Four. And I know this because your rival in Diamond and Pearl pushes you. Your rival in, in the original games pushes you. I remember Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu. Dude... The last battle against my rival, I felt like I had to redo it so many times because he would just predict what I was going to do and would swap to a Pokemon that was resistant. Hop is the worst rival ever to exist in a Pokemon game because when you pick your starter at the beginning of the game, he literally picks the starter that your starter is strong against. And I remember when I picked Grookey and he picked Sobble, I thought my game was messed up. <laughs> I remember thinking there is no way he just left Score Bunny. And I will tell you this, one of the coolest things I found out about Sword and Shield, and this is why, one of the reasons why I love it, is the little things. Did you guys know, Because and I'm sure Matt, you probably did, I didn't know this at all. So 
the starter that doesn't get chosen gets cho- gets taken by Leon, and he makes it a part of his team. I had yeah. no idea that Leon builds his team around whatever starter you didn't choose. That's interesting. His team is completely different based on what starter he has. If he picks Cinderace, or if he picks Scorbunny, he's got one team. Sobble, he's got a different team. Grookey, he's got a different one. Like it, it, It's amazing to me because I always noticed when I did my multiple playthroughs that he had different teams, and I always wondered why that was, and I looked it up and found out, oh, it's because he it changes based on who you pick. So in a way, and I feel like that just hurt hurts Hop even more. In a way, Leon is really your rival instead of Hop. Does he always, um, does he always have Charizard? No matter. What he always has Charizard. Charizard is Charizard is I think the one constant. I think that Charizard is the one constant. He always has because Charizard is the Pokemon he's known for. Yeah, that's the one he's known for. Um, but I think the other thing that makes this game so good is the DLC was incredible. I think. Isle of Armor and Frozen and the Crown Tundra were were both excellent DLCs, and in my opinion, ex one of the best sets of DLCs done by Nintendo in a long, long time. Because you had to pay for it, yes, and it added content, yes. But Sword and Shield did not have a lack of content issue. It had plenty of content at launch that made it worth its money. Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra just made it even better. So many side quests featuring different legendaries like the Galarian legendary birds, the Regis. I loved Calyrex, the new legendary they introduced in Sword and Shield. I loved Calyrex. Um, Urshifu was really cool. That was a really cool introduction in the Isle of Armor DLC. And I liked how the areas they added were massive areas. It wasn't like they just added a little corner of the wild area that was closed off before. They added entire, basically, islands and regions that would have been good enough for $60 games on their own. Yeah. And and I, that's not even taking into consideration, like, the raids, the Dynamax Cave. Like, that's not taking into consideration all of that. I think Sword and Shield is an elite Pokemon game. And I think that people that don't like it are people that just love to drink paint. So we're going to move on to number one. Um, <laughs> so Matt, give me, give it to me. What is your number one po- What's your favorite Pokemon game of all? Mine is so fucking obvious at this point. Mine's pretty obvious too because if you look back at our top ten games of all time, um, it would be weird if this was not number one because it was on my top ten games of all time. But um, it was Gold and Silver. Because <laughs> so you were one of the people I made mad. You were you were <laughs> one of the people I made mad. Not, it was actually not like Generation One was not my first game, my first Pokemon game. Pokemon Silver was. I yeah. did know I did know about Pokemon, and I did watch the anime before um, before Gold and Silver was even released in the states. Um, because I didn't have a Game Boy at the time, so when the Christmas came around, uh, when Pokemon Gold and Silver were out in the states. That was when I got Pokemon Blue and Pokemon Yellow, and then I got Pokemon Silver. And Pokemon Silver was the first game that I played, and it introduced a lot of new concepts, the day and night cycle. We had new types introduced with Steel and, and Dark types, which gave us Umbreon and Skarmory. Um, it also did, like, and I know this is talked about a lot, is it introduced the fact that not only did you get to explore the Johto region, 
But she got to go back to the Kanto region, and it wasn't the same Kanto that she remembered from uh, the original games. Yeah. It was, uh, some, some of the gym leaders were different, like Kogo was the Elite Four member, or not the Elite Four member, he was the gym leader of, um, what was that, Fuchsia City? I think and, so. And, and Gold and Silver, when you go to Fuchsia City and you battle the gym leader, it's his daughter, because Koga upgraded to an Elite Four member. And, um... Plus, I mean, after you beat the main the main game, you go through Mount Silver, and when you get to the top, you get to battle the original Red, and he is not an easy fight. And like, I was so frustrated because it was so difficult. His Pokemon were level eighty; like, this was no joke. And a lot of Pokemon from Generation One got these new evolutions, like Politoed and Scizor. Um, introducing new ways of evolving Pokemon, like Onyx and Steelix using a metal coat. And then, like, I mean, come on, everyone who saw Pokemon 2000 was so hyped because Lugia and, and Slowking. And, uh, I mean, going back to the first Pokemon movie, we saw Snubble and Meryl. We didn't, like, who are, who are these Pokemon? And it was just such a great uh, event leading up to these games' releases. And they introduced a lot of different, like, uh, things to do in the main story, like the bug-catching contest. Um, it was just... It is so memorable. I, I would have said Crystal, but... Because Crystal did introduce a lot of stuff um, with with the main with the sideline story for Suicune. Um and then I could have just said Heart Gold and Soul Silver because it already had all the content Crystal had. But I mean, it's just thing, something that is very near and dear and personal to me. So when you're making a list like this, it's just something that you always go back to in the good times and the good memories. And since this is my last game, I do want to make a quick little. Uh, I just want to say that one of the things that I love about Pokemon is it does not matter what your favorite generation is, what your favorite Pokemon is. There's just so many to choose from. All the games are quality games, especially in the mainline series. And it's just one of the most, like, things that to this day is so near and dear for, to my heart in my childhood. And it just keeps me going. Well said. Well said. Um, kind of lame. Not gonna lie. Kind of cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. Matt, what if what if I told you an interesting fact that uh, Gen Two was supposed to be the final Pokemon game released? Yeah. Like it was supposed to be the last one. The only reason it wasn't is because it blew the water completely gone for sales. Sounds about right. Like Gen Gen Two Pokemon games blew expectations out of the water, and it yeah. it's why we still have Pokemon nowadays to the point where we have Gen Nine about to come out. Uh it was really interesting. I'm glad I'm glad it went well, but that's not where my uh, number one game is. My number one game comes from Pokemon. Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. My fucking man. My fucking man. There we go. <laughs> too much water. Look, <laughs> too much water. Oh, too more like too hard for you, boy. You suck at the games anyway. <laughs> Look, I know I have a lot of controversial lists and everything. I know whenever we do stuff, we have a lot of co I have a lot of controversial thoughts and everything. But hands down, have to say, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, hands down, best pokemon game outside of the game alone the story it added so many amazing things it was the first game to actually introduce the secret hideout yes i cannot tell you 
how many times I have gone through and edited my secret hideout. I had a tree, like a, one hidden in the tree at one point. I had one hidden in rocks. Like I had it everywhere. And it was always amazing to be able to set it up differently, having the different plushies, um, the different floors, just every single thing about that was amazing. On top of that, it brought in my first Pokemon tattoo being Sableye, of course. Uh, absolutely loved him. I thought the story on him was amazing, cute. Uh, and it, it's what ultimately got me to get a Sableye tattoo when uh, when my boy Rusty got Eevee. So... I absolutely loved it. There was so much diversity in that game. And anyone who says otherwise, that that game does not need to be at least in their top three, because everyone's opinion is different, even if you're wrong with that opinion, um, is wrong, and I will fight you. Hands Agreed. down. We're, we're, we're going to throw hands if that is not at least in your top three. So uh, be on your way. <laughs> I agree, and that's why my number one is also Sapphire, Ruby, and Emerald. I think that one. I think I think that it's every Pokemon, every new generation. It all for me begins with the starters, and I think that the starters in Gen three are across the board the best starters in the entire Pokemon franchise. And yes, I'm including Gen one. Sorry, Squirtle and Charmander are over fucking rated. Don't know what to. Bulbasaur, anyways. Hey, uh, Bulbasaur is actually the best of the three. The problem is, is that all you motherfuckers just like I'll just like Charmander because it's a dragon. Y'all just like again. It's not a dragon. Y'all just y'all just y'all just y'all just like Blastoise because he has two cannons coming out of his shell. Explain that shit to me. Y'all just like them for stupid reasons. Ever want to take a cannon from him? Y'all just y'all just y'all just like him because he's got two cannon. Like there's nothing else about him that y'all like. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and just just get get us canceled real quick. Gen no, two, no. Gen two outside of Totodile is complete garbage. <laughs> Gen four outside of Turtwig is complete garbage. And every Gen from then to up until before Sword and Shield, forgettable. Forgettable at best. Outside of Rowlet. Rowlet, I will give love to. Outside to of that. Point, to prove a point on to you, what were the starters for Sun and Moon again? Exactly. Who cares? Um, uh, I, I can say this one. It was Rowlet, Poplio, and Litton. Yeah, uh, Litton? Who the fuck cares? Like, uh, who the fuck is that? Poplio? Who? Like, I'm, I wish I was memeing. I'm not even memeing. Like, I'm sorry. Gen 3's starters were the best across the board. And I cannot be convinced otherwise. When you look at their final evolutions of Swampert, Sceptile, and Blaziken, you cannot tell me there is another that there is another set of starters that comes even close to that. Because the fact of the matter is, every generation has at least one shit starter. In Sword and Shield, a game that I absolutely loved, they happened to have one shit starter in Sobble, and then they had one average ass starter in Score Bunny. So, sorry, like, their final evolutions, their evolution lines were disappointing. That's the only other big negative I had from Sword and Shield. But back on track with Sapphire, Ruby, and Emerald, I think that Thacker nailed it. I think, I personally, and I know that this is the big criticism for all of 
Gen 3's games. Too much water. You know what? I don't ever hear y'all saying too much grass. <laughs> I don't ever hear y'all say too much grass because that's literally every other Pokemon game. Too much grass. Like, too much water my ass. At least it wasn't just you walking on dirt roads the entire time. Like, people people real deal dislike Gen 3. Disliking Gen 3 for being too much water. You people must be really fun at parties. Uh, just kidding. I know you're not. So, anyways, you don't get invited. That's how fucking terrible you are. Um, <laughs> but... I also love the story of Sapphire, Ruby, and Emerald. I love the legendaries. The legendaries are awesome. Kyogre, Groudon, Rayquaza, love all of them. They're badass. And I the think opposite. that. Well, I wasn't really. I wasn't really including him. I think I don't. I put him on a different level. But I think also, sure. and Matt, you brought this up. The uh, the fact that based on the version you play, the different enemy teams. You know, one being Team Magma, one being Team Aqua. I, I like the people that don't like that there's that much water. I hope y'all didn't play freaking... I hope y'all didn't play the version that had Team Aqua. That's just really too much water for you at that point. Um, but I, I loved... Again, I loved something like that. I loved the, the, the building of your bases, the contests that you got to do with your Pokemon that were cool. And the gyms all felt pretty difficult. I mean, they all felt... From the, from the word go, it felt like... You know, the gyms were pretty freaking hard. Y'all want to know which gym in that game gave me the most trouble? The one where your dad in the game is the gym leader. Oh, yeah, because of... Doesn't he use, like, almost... Slacking. He uses slacking. slacking. I think he also has a Hariyama. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. But he's got, like, two big tank Pokemon that can output a ton of damage. I remember I got there one game. I was under-leveled by, like, two levels. And I don't think I took down a single Pokemon from him. And he just like basically two-shot my entire team. And so I think that that was back when Pokemon games, that, Diamond and Pearl, I feel like that's back when they were actually a challenge. And I, I miss that sometimes with Pokemon. I would like for there to be a little bit of a challenge because Sword and Shield was pretty easy. Um, and, I, and I anticipate that Scarlet and Violet are probably not going to be that difficult either. But... I like the old. I like kind of the older or the Gen three, Gen four days where it was a little bit more of a challenge, and the games still felt relatively modern compared to the original ones. So, those are our top five favorite Pokemon games, and that is going to wrap up this episode. If you're still with us, God bless you, because you're either mad or you're clapping because someone finally said an opinion that you that you've been holding in for a long time. So that's going to wrap it up for us. Follow us on Twitter at SideMissionPod, on Facebook and TikTok at SideMissionPodcast. For the boys, for Matt, for Thacker, for Kyle's non-existent ass, I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening.